You're listening to Catholic Chicago. Ahead, the Archdiocese of Chicago brings you programs about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Welcome to Catholic Chicago. Good morning. Welcome to Catholic Chicago on WNDZ, 750 AM, 312-255-8408, 312-255-8408. And you can also get us on YouTube.com slash Catholic Chicago, YouTube.com slash Catholic Chicago. Father Greg Sackowitz, the rector of the Cathedral of Holy Name, and co-host Mark Teresi, executive director of Holy Name Cathedral. Good morning, Mark. What we heard in the background is a prelude for an excellent program today about the beautiful stained glass windows at St. Mary of the Woods, Edgebrook, uh, Wildwood, Chicago. But how are you doing, Mark? Doing well, doing well. We have a special guest in the studio, which we're live, thrilled about. Live, not dead. Yes. Live, in the, <laughs> live in the studio here. And it, uh, so this is going to be an, oh, a wonderful program. I think we're going to hop right into it because we see Father Richie Kubik on the screen here. Again, you can get us at 312-255-8408. But this will be a very visual program today, so maybe flip to YouTube.com slash Catholic Chicago. And the miniseries, The Marion Stained Glass Windows, highlights the beautiful windows seen in St. Mary of the Woods Parish in Chicago. Each window features the Blessed Virgin Mary and were all designed by the world-renowned stained glass artist Max Ingrand. This French-born artist has displayed his work all over the world, including Notre Dame Cathedral in Paris. However, only a handful of his windows are located in the United States. St. Mary of the Woods is fortunate enough to have some of these amazing works of art. And with us in studio, Father Rich Jakubek, pastor of St. Mary of the Woods in Chicago, also going to join us live stream, Clint Cottrell, who is also on staff here, the Office of Radio and Television, and Michael Joles. So, Father Rich and Clint and Michael, welcome to the program this morning. Thank Good morning, you. gentlemen. Great to be here. Now, first, now I, I have to back up. Father Rich Jakubik mm-hmm. and I go back to 1986 or 19 early 87. He had just finished his second year in college or in, in second year college. I was the vocation director at Niles College Seminary of Loyola University, and this young 20-year-old came to see me to join the college seminary. So, Rich, you were about 20. I was 33 years old. You entered in 1987 in August, graduated in 89, two years later, and ordained to the priesthood in 1993. Well, welcome to the program. Thank you. Yes, so welcome. great to be here. 
And uh, Rich is one of the very finest priests we have in the archdiocese. Even as a seminarian, remember, Mark, we were on the faculty together. Yeah, I, I will always, you'll always be 21 to me. Because <laughs> <laughs> so, that's when I knew you as dean of students at the college center. Now, did, uh, did Father Rich pay his dues or his uh, uh, There's a fines? few fines that are outstanding. <laughs> I'll get them after the program. Probably some parking fines. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I did not tow your car. Right. <laughs> and also then with, uh, now with Clint Cottrell, I just met Clint. Mark and I both met him just earlier this week. He's brand new as part of the team with Michael May and with Brian Brock and with uh, Vince Girasoli. And so, uh, Clint, welcome to the program and also the fact that you are new on board. Clint, what is your uh, background? Uh, my background is in TV news. I spent about 20 years doing the news grind, and, um, and um, that's, that's uh, basically uh, how I came into the TV business. So that, that's where I've been. Uh, the, the church business is relatively new to me. It's only been in the last several years, but uh, I'm having a great time, and I'm, I'm very fortunate and very lucky to have, have discovered it. Was your television background here in Chicago? Yes, sir. I uh, started, uh, I was actually with CBS News. Um, I was with CBS News for about 15 years in the network level and about two years on the local level. And then, uh, then um, I also spent a couple of years uh, doing various other television gigs. But um, on about August of 21, I, uh, I got involved uh, with St. Mary of the Woods, and um, I haven't looked back since. And how about what's your background, Michael? I'm sorry? Your background. Uh, I've been in film production uh, pretty much uh, since high school, but then it would go as far back as I formally started in film production in 2010. Uh, I was in film school, left it because I figured I could spend that amount of money funding <laughs> my own films. And that's when I originally <laughs> went. Um, and then since then, I've been, you know, one job after the next, one production after, after the other. Are you from Chicago? Yes. What high school? Northridge Preparatory School, which is in Niles next to Golf Mill. Oh, sure. Then where were you raised if you were in that area? I'm sorry? Where are you from then? Are you from Niles? Are you from Park Ridge? Are you That's from the Skokie area. Oh, sure. I was born and raised in uh, Park Ridge. So okay. not, uh, I was down the street at Notre Dame College Prep, but I'm much, much older than you. And it, mm -hmm. uh, as, maybe <laughs> we, as we get into the program is... I spent 18 fabulous years as the associate pastor for four and a half, 13 and a half years as pastor at St. Mary of the Woods. Mark Teresi was also part of the staff in years. terms of a choir director for Contemporary Choir. 18 phenomenal years. Love the people, love the community. And I always would walk into the church, and of course, the stained glass windows are key to the uh, community setting within the church itself. So who had this marvelous mm -hmm. idea to create this incredible project? Somebody can take it. Rich, Michael, or Clint? Yeah, I, I you know, it's hard to remember where we were two and a half years ago or so, but I think it was a collaborative idea. Um, I believe Michael Joel's kind of had this idea of, of doing a series to celebrate uh, the beauty of our, our parish. And I think I was very quick to jump on board and, and say, what a great idea, especially as we're coming out of the pandemic and people missed the beauty of, of coming to church for so long. And it was, I thought, a, a great way to celebrate um, all of us returning back to, to church and, and returning to such a, a wonderful faith-based uh, community. Maybe I'd ask each of you, what did you notice about the windows that really compelled you to move in this direction? Maybe each of you, you know, there's one that stood out, just the beauty of them all. Now, Michael, I want you to f answer that question first from Mark, but I'm going to ask you a question that will lead then into Mark's question is, what made you even have the idea? You came into the church at St. Mary of the Woods, you saw these gorgeous stained glass windows, and maybe then dovetailing with Mark's question is, what gave you this idea to then go to Rich to create this incredible project? Uh, do you take it from there, uh, Michael? Okay. So the conversation started in uh, April of 2021 was to do a, a bunch of videos about the parish. 
Um, so a video about the men's club, a video about the women's club, a video about the parish history, going into the uh, the area, the Edgebrook neighborhood, the Sauganash neighborhood, Chief Sauganash, Billy Caldwell, et cetera, et cetera. And in the process of doing those videos, it was kind of a given that, and um, we should do a video about that. And we should do well, the, the five Miriam, wait, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight, uh, the eight windows, we should do something on, on all those. So it was just a, a, a presumption that we would do something like that because um, churches in the medieval times, they were teaching devices. They were uh, intended to teach illiterate people about the faith. And you have a church that is devoted, surprisingly, to themes of Marian devotions and even Marian, primarily Marian apparitions, even though there are two paintings. But um, that seemed to be something that would be fantastic to draw out from. Um, and to sort of highlight that, that concept, I'm kind of jumping ahead, but I think I'll put it in perspective like this. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. A year ago, um when we were doing when when there was the the one month anniversary of the start of the russia ukraine war and pope francis did the the consecration he asked all the parishes to um uh, get involved with uh, to to do the consecration prayer with him uh the day before um someone brought up well do the kids really know or do they understand and i said okay and so there was like a seventh grader nearby and i said hey, See that Mary over there? Yeah. Which Mary is that? Mary of, uh, uh, which one? Mary of Magdalena? Mm -hmm. No, I don't think so. Mm -hmm. It was Our Lady of Fatima. So it showed How about that, like, Sports well, 500? Yeah. <laughs> there's a, 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 a distance of, of um, knowing what these windows represent, knowing what artwork represents in, in, in general with, with in relationship to the Catholic faith. That is terrific. And how about for you, Clint? Well, you know what, you know what, you really interests me about this project is I came in a little bit later than uh, than Michael and uh, Father Richard um, uh, got on board. Um, I wasn't involved until uh, later on that year, and they'd only uh, had only shot uh, one particular window. And at the time when I started working for St. Mary of the Woods, I really just got on board just to help uh, Michael and Father Rich um, with the streaming of the of the masses. And then. Um, as this as this project began to uh, develop, and we realized how much was involved, um, Michael's like, "Do you uh, want to help us with this uh, this window series?" <laughs> Michael and I had worked together for many many years. We've done projects before. Um, we did a documentary um, on Saint Joseph uh, Well Met about ten years ago. So we're familiar with each other's work. Uh, we work really really well together. Um, and I, of course, I was like, I agreed, I agreed wholeheartedly, and I said, yes, absolutely. Um, but, and I'm glad I did. But what I, to go back to your question, really, I think what makes this project very, very interesting is that it's, um, it's the fact that it, it shows, um, you know, apparitions of, of the Blessed uh, Mary. Um, that aside, you don't even have to be Catholic to really appreciate this project, because the fact that this artist, Max Ingren, um, uh, was involved in these windows is very, very rare, very rare. He only has a handful of his works in the United States. And I don't think a lot of people realize um, uh, that uh, St. Mary of the Woods is very fortunate and very lucky enough to have these windows. Um, and if you're a, uh, an art lover or, or, or stained glass, into stained glass, you know who Max Ingrid is. Um, he, if you Google stained glass windows or stained glass art pieces of art, Max Ingren's name is gonna is really gonna be on top of the Google search. I guarantee it. Um, so the fact that St. Mary of the Woods is actually lucky enough to have these windows is is very very rare and a real special treat. And uh, we 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 were using this documentary to help um, make light of that and, and show people um, that this little parish on the northwest side of Chicago um, is is museum and and it has these pieces of art that uh, people outside of that neighborhood may not even be aware of. That's fantastic. What we're going to do is, uh, Mark, we're going to hold on Father Rich answering your question, but take us to break. Yeah, WNDZ, 750 AM, Catholic Chicago, 312-255-8408. You can go to youtube.com slash Catholic Chicago. We'll be back in a few minutes. Please stay tuned.
Caring adults make all the difference in the lives of adolescents. Catholic Charities understands this, and our mentorship programs provide a free opportunity for young adults to spend time with volunteers who genuinely care about them. This program is ideal for youth aged 9 through 12 who may need support navigating the challenges of childhood and early adolescence. Our amazing volunteers service friends who help youth recognize their strengths and empower them to reach their full potential. Catholic Charities conducts a thorough background check on every volunteer, and our program coordinator closely monitors and supports every relationship. Mentoring is a fun after-school program that can help young adults build confidence and enjoy fun activities with their peers, too. To learn more, visit catholiccharities.net or call 312-655-7970 in Cook County and 847 847- 782-4224 in Lake County. We're connecting youth with great role models. Join us today. Folks, you probably know that on March 13th, we celebrate the 10th anniversary of the election of Pope Francis as the Bishop of Rome. Ever since his election, he has asked the people of God to pray for him. And so we are joining in an effort asking Catholics on March 13th to say 10 Hail Marys for him. You can learn more about this and register your name at artchicago.org. I encourage all of you to participate in this support of the Holy Father as he celebrates a decade of service to the people of God. For more than 20 years, Catholic Charities Adult Protective Services has been advocating for seniors who are the victims of abuse, neglect, confinement, or financial exploitation. With our partners at local, city, and state agencies, our trained case managers follow through on every concern that is brought to our attention in a cooperative way to ensure that our seniors are safe and protected. According to the Illinois Department on Aging, last year nearly 21,000 cases of elder abuse were reported in Illinois. Of these, only 5% were reported by seniors themselves. So raising awareness is an important part of this issue. If you are concerned about a senior you know, call 800-252-8966. That's 800-252-8966. With your help, we can stop elder abuse and look out for the seniors in our lives. In the medieval period, the artwork in churches was intended to teach and explain the faith to the people. In keeping with that tradition, we brought together a variety of experts with insight about these eight Marian stained glass windows. I think the very interesting thing about our series, and it'll be really helpful for people that, although we did fill the stained glass windows in small, we've traveled almost to every location that we could uh, to match the stained glass window with the church. Like right now, we're outside of Our Lady of Source Basilica, and we do have a stained glass window to match in small. The symbol of red, the symbol of sorrow, of pain, of, of suffering, Uh, is very apropos. Our statue here is in traditional Mary blue, but the two things that distinguish them, in our statue we just have a sword piercing her heart. And then in later years, Mary has the image of seven swords, which means, which is, designates the seven sorrows of Mary. We actually traveled not only in Chicago area, we were able to film some churches in uh, Lincoln, Nebraska, and San Francisco, California. We're back, WNDZ 750M, Catholic Chicago, 312-255-8408. You go to youtube.com slash Catholic Chicago. Father Rich, the question I had uh, before the break, does any of the, do any of the windows stand out to you and, and why? I mean, they're beautiful artistic pieces, but they're supposed to inspire our faith, too. Absolutely. You know, when I look at the windows, I I am able to recall, too, taking pilgrimages to some of those holy places, to Lourdes and to Częstochowa. I have a 
trip in the fall planned to Portugal and oh. intend to visit Fatima. So I, I've, I've been to Soldier Field. <laughs> that's a very that's that's sacred to many people. Yes. Um, but sometimes, you know, it, 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 you're, I'm a little more familiar with the history behind, you know, the the apparitions, and, mm-hmm. and it just speaks to me so much of God's love for His people, and and I feel again, it's a parish that's really alive with this this deep understanding of what it means to be committed to each other as a community. Uh, we have a, a large population of young families and children. And I think people are just so proud to want to teach their young people about their faith and to have the best experience of Catholicism as they can. Now, it's very fascinating would be there would be times in which, depending on the angle of the sun, mm. and Richard I'm, Richard, I'm sure you've seen this, but especially when the West, the sun was in the West, and on that one wall with the stained glass windows, mm. the sun would illuminate and it would be a piercing incredible bright light coming through the windows. I would just stare at it. It mm-hmm. was so powerful. Of course, at nighttime, you don't see anything because there's dark from the outside, dark on the inside. But the certain angles of the sun would come around on those stained glass windows during the day, especially in summer. It was almost breathtaking. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure you've seen it at different times with people in the church or when you walk in the church and it's empty. But it's just it's just phenomenal, and uh, you know, getting back then for just maybe to uh, Michael is so you had this idea with a few other people, and then did it was the original intention to do all eight Marian windows? Were you doing this one window at a time? The intention was always to do all eight, and it ended up becoming a nine part series. Just because by the time we finished, uh, we didn't. Uh, do our due diligence and look up who Max Ingrand was and then went, ah, we need one more episode. Mm -hmm. Um, But the intention was always to do all eight. And they were, I mean, obviously they were done one at a time. Um, In some cases, if we were lucky, we were able to film two on one day. Um, And that was the, for for myself personally, of every production I've done, one of the most challenging aspects of, of this was being in pre-production concept and beyond post-production simultaneously because you're doing them at different points. So we had Our Lady of Guadalupe and Our Lady of Lords finished before we had even started on Our Lady of Knock. Mm-hmm. Um, so it took a long period of, of time to do with other uh, uh video responsibilities at the parish or schedule like for example bishop mark bartosik does our lady of perpetual help he said yes in may i'm available in late july okay <laughs> that's great <laughs> like so um that's what took it a while but no they were done one at a time and there is one of the things i like about it there's no order to this series yes there's playlists on youtube but they're only put in alphabetical order um there's no beginning middle or, or end and the, the, the hope is that someone who has no familiarity with St. Mary of the Woods, not even familiar with the Chicagoland area, uh, is looking for information on, say, Our Lady of Sorrows or Our Lady of Perpetual Help. And they end up finding this video. Oh, this is done really well. And they learn something from it. Again, this is a, a teaching uh, miniseries. So it's, a, it's, it's meant for education. Now, it's extre- I went online to watch some of it. Extremely well done. Now, Rich, d- did you have a parish event to premiere? How was it? Because it's on, you know, it's it's uh, it's a video, but the parish should be proud of this. Have you done anything in terms of that? We have. We um, had a few private screenings um, for our students in the school and mm-hmm. I believe our religious ed kids. Um, and then we had one that was just um, – for the whole parish to come out. And, and so we hosted that with uh, popcorn and refreshments and everything and uh, and just got, again, wonderful feedback. Just what kind of feedback did you get from folks? I mean, if Greg hadn't really known the history, longtime parishioners probably didn't. Did you get any good? I th- absolutely. I think it was very emotional for for many uh, people who've, who've been in that parish for 
30, 40, 50 years and, and really knew the origins of the parish. And we're just so proud that someone took the time to put this together. And one gentleman said, you know, to me, Father Rich, you'll be remembered for this one thing that you've done here at St. Mary <laughs> Woods. And I thought, well, well, thank you. I hope I'm remembered for other things too, but, but I appreciate it. I, but I think what he was communicating was that this was so meaningful mm-hmm. and, and, Question for Clint, along those lines from uh, Rich, and that is, uh, I know the parish started back in 1952 and with was Monsignor Daniel O'Rourke. These windows go in in 1966. Now, this is really a tough question, and I don't have the answer. I always ask myself, okay, how did these windows get there? And I, I knew by the name Max Ingram, but not too much more than that. Do you... Clint have any idea how Monsignor O'Rourke was able to get these stained glass windows into St. Mary of the Woods? Because remember, it was built in 19, started in 52. I think the church was completed in 53 or 54. We're talking 12 years later. I just don't know the history of, of all the churches in, the, in this country. How did these windows end up in a little community called Edgebrook on the northwest side of Chicago? I know this, that's a tough question. It is a tough question because, uh, and I may have to pivot to uh, my co-producer on this one as well, because we don't have a lot of the documentation of those windows actually even being installed uh, in the parish. I mean, we, we look at our archives to see if we could have some type of photographs or something that you actually see the windows installed, and they just do not exist. Uh, very, very, very few, uh, very few photos exist on that. But maybe Michael might be able to add a little bit more um, on that. Um, Michael, do you have anything to add on this one? I do have uh, an answer to that question. Uh, so first and foremost, with what Clint said about the, the yes, there there are no photographs of it being installed. In fact, there was one photo of them of the 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 things hollowed out that we found after the fact. Um, that's mm-hmm. one of the proje- uh, processes of making a, of a production like this is you learn stuff along the way. But to answer the, the question, the church originally was, and I don't know the exact size, and then they wanted to expand it and make it larger. The architect of the original church and school facade, his name was John Vosen. Uh, we spoke with his daughter in the process of doing the, the final video on Max Ingrid. And as she explained that her father had connections to artists all over Europe at different studios across Europe, let's just call it, I don't know what countries. Um, And the concept of when they wanted to expand it, we don't, again, was the chicken first or the egg first? This we don't know, but somewhere along the line, he pitched it to Maxine Grand and between the two of them, and what we think what makes most sense is that Max Ingren came around and said, okay, well, what if you did this with the windows? And that would have been in 64 or 65, because they were not installed until 66. Um, but so it came from a joint decision between the architect, John Vosen, and Max Ingren. Now, I'll give it one step further. In 1965, Monsignor O'Rourke, on his own, there was no parish council in those days. The pastor mm-hmm. made the decision, we're going to do it. The original altar was where the organ is at that end of the church. Oh, okay. And so it was a typical church yeah. in which the, uh, the altar at one end and the pew was going all the way back to the other side. In 64, 65, he made the decision, I want the altar in the middle, which is incredible ingenious because it's a sense of community even in the same of the woods there's great sight lines to the altar mm-hmm. from every angle in the church well on his own he said i want this in the middle there was no discussion of people you, you know in those days the pastor wanted it you did it and so went to the middle then it would make sense that a year later the stained glass windows in 66 now go in as a backdrop behind the altar and to the altars left along the parking lot side there so, that, so you start putting the pieces together, but that was a great piece of history, both from Clint and from Michael. Uh, I think we have to, we're going to go to break here. Now, this is, yeah, this is fascinating. And I know that Father Rich Kubik will stay for the last half hour. Am I correct, Rich? Yes. Don't go anywhere. Yeah. We're going to lose Clint Cottrell and Michael Joel. So Michael and Clint, thank you for this half yes. hour. It's been enlightening. I've loved the history. 
You know, Mark, I was there 18 years. I'm learning stuff today I never knew. I, so it is f- phenomenal. So uh, you're listening to Catholic Chicago on WNDZ. We also want to thank in a special way Michael Joles and Clint Cottrell. Now, Clint, you're not leaving because you work here. <laughs> and uh, you're down the hall. And Richard Kubrick is going to stay. And you're listening to uh, Catholic Chicago on WNDZ, 750 AM. 312-255-840. Also get us on YouTube.com slash Catholic Chicago. Stay with us. And again, do not touch that dial. Catholic Charities Family Self-Sufficiency Program has assisted thousands of single parents who are working to become more self-sufficient through education and employment opportunities. Our experienced case managers accompany participants for up to five years on their journey to identify, address, and break down barriers to improving their quality of life and achieving meaningful goals for themselves and for their families. Professional, compassionate assistance is offered in a safe and trusting environment as participants develop the skills needed to become financially stable and able to support themselves. Every achievement starts with the decision to try. To learn more about Catholic Charities Family Self-Sufficiency Program, call 847-782-4233 or visit catholiccharities.net. Community is core to Catholic Charities' founding mission. For more than 100 years, we have met people and families where they are, serving anyone in need, regardless of their faith, gender, race, or ethnicity. As our world absorbs the economic, political, and social aftershocks of the pandemic, 50% or more of the 6 million people living in Cook and Lake counties have little or no savings. They are a paycheck away from zero. We are deeply grateful to everyone in the Catholic Charities community who partners with us to alleviate the suffering of the people we serve and offer them a better path forward. We are witnessing a message of mercy and hope to a world very much in need. Learn more at catholiccharities.net. For more than 20 years, Catholic Charities Adult Protective Services has been advocating for seniors who are the victims of abuse, neglect, confinement, or financial exploitation. With our partners at local, city, and state agencies, Our trained case managers follow through on every concern that is brought to our attention in a cooperative way to ensure that our seniors are safe and protected. According to the Illinois Department on Aging, last year nearly 21,000 cases of elder abuse were reported in Illinois. Of these, only 5% were reported by seniors themselves. So raising awareness is an important part of this issue. If you are concerned about a senior you know, call 800-252-8966. That's 800-252-8966. With your help, we can stop elder abuse and look out for the seniors in our lives. The Cemetery Ministry is a core ministry of our Catholic faith tied to the corporal works of mercy. It's comforting to know that our Catholic cemeteries are caring for the remains of our loved ones awaiting the resurrection. There are 44 Archdiocese of Chicago Catholic cemeteries willing to help you in your time of loss. Call 708-449-6100 or visit catholiccemeterychicago.org. Catholic Cemeteries, serving the Catholic community since 1837. You're listening to Catholic Chicago. Ahead, the Archdiocese of Chicago brings you programs about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Thanks for letting us be part of your morning. Now again, Catholic Chicago.
Welcome back to Catholic Chicago on WNDZ, 750 AM, 312-255-8408. You can also get us at YouTube.com slash Catholic Chicago, Father Greg Sackowitz, Mark Teresi. Also join us back this last half hour is Father Rich Jakubek, the pastor of St. Mary of the Woods in Chicago, but known as Edgebrook area, Wildwood area. And joining us this half hour, Jesse Healy, Carrie Elko, and Anthony Tony Kolokowski. Good morning to all three of you. How are you? Are you with us? Good morning. Are you there, Tony? I'm here, Father Greg. Good to see you. Oh, well, I go back with Tony 31 years. We met back in the summer of 1992, and you play a phenomenal violin. Oh, yes. You know, because uh, that's where I first met Tony with, with Mary and I, corn in the choir and playing the violin. And uh, now we also have, where's Jesse and where is Carrie? Are they with us? Uh, I'm Jesse. Hello, Jesse. How Hi. are you? I'm doing all right. How are you? <laughs> Good, thanks. And Jesse, what is your background? Are you from Chicago? Yes, yes. Uh, born in Chicago, uh, grew up in Niles uh, at uh, St. John Brebuff, actually, uh, where uh, that that's how we got uh, Father Shemek to come on. For the interview, we needed a Polish priest to talk about Our Lady of Czestochowa, so I reached out to Father Shemek, you know, who knows better. Now, Jesse, uh, where'd you go to high school? Uh, I actually went to Niles West. Okay, what class were you? Uh, I graduated 2013. Oh, gosh, I got mm. socks older than you. <laughs> and that, uh, my gosh, and that, that was a Notre Dame Niles college prep down the street there. And that, uh, and are, are you there, Jesse? I mean, not Jesse, but uh, Carrie. Yes, I'm here. Oh, good. and Carrie, where are you from originally? Partyville, Wisconsin. Wait, wait, you wait, wait, time out. Partyville. Uh, wait, wait, wait. Are you Partyville? Uh, not <laughs> as fun as it sounds. <laughs> but now the key question is, uh, Carrie, are you a Packer fan? I'm a music fan. Ah! Oh, oh my God! Good answer. We'll keep Carrie on the program. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's great. And it uh, now I know uh, Jesse, you were involved with Tony when it comes to the music for this whole production? Uh, during the production, actually, uh, I did not get a chance to uh, record Tony myself. Uh, most of the uh, actual music recording uh, I was actually not available for, but uh, we had uh, a couple of other guys in mind for uh, being able to come in and record in my absence, so we're very grateful to uh Brian Huey and uh, our other, you know, uh, people who came in to record the audio when I wasn't available. But once everything came to, to post and editing everything for uh, the actual video series to the picture, you know, I got to listen back to Tony's recordings, Carrie's recordings, and uh, make sure that, you know, we heard everything that we wanted to hear uh, and not uh make sure that they weren't louder than uh Michael our voiceover or our hosts in any of the other mm -hmm. uh episodes of the series now Tony you've been involved at Mary the Woods for years and years many times what an honor like singing a wedding or a funeral with Tony being there was this windows project a surprise for you or you'd always thought when are they going to do something about these windows well, I, I mean, I've, I've, I guess I've never thought about when are they going to do something about these windows. I've always appreciated and admired every time I've come to uh, play uh, in the church. You know, I'm always looking at the windows, how beautiful they are. But I, I just never imagined that there would be a, a special show made on them. But I'm certainly glad that uh, it has been done because uh, it's, it, it is beautiful and deserves to be seen. Do you have a favorite? window no i can't say i do mm -hmm. they're all just beautiful and i i just you know i <laughs> i look at all of them while i'm here now carrie from partyville wisconsin uh did you spearhead the music project carrie no michael had asked me could you record a couple of songs and i went all right let's do this and i've always wanted to work on a movie or video production doing my music 
That's wonderful. And what's your background musically? Because, um, but what what songs do they play at Partyville, Wisconsin <laughs> events? No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> I have a degree from Northwestern in music education and a master's in trauma and resilience in education. And I am the St. Mary of the Woods music teacher. Oh. So I'm in first grade right now to oh, wow. be here. Now, when did you join the uh, faculty in the school? Uh, two years ago. Oh, my gosh. Wonderful. Oh, sure. That's terrific. And it, uh, and they got wonderful families there. So oh, you are the music director in the school. Mm-hmm. Oh, that Boy, is how oh, lucky they are to oh, have that you. Is great, very lucky to have you. Yeah. And it, uh, and I know that, um, you know, you know, Tony, all the history that I was there at Samir of the Woods, and your violin playing. I know Marianne Eichhorn would call upon you often, and uh, you. I, me- I remember my, you were there for my 40th anniversary. No, my my 25th. My 25th, not 40th, <laughs> makes me 40th a, was hun- a cathedral. 100 makes me 110 years old. Yeah. <laughs> and, that, um, and so in, in working on this project with the music, then are you involved in all eight segments or all nine segments in this uh, production? Uh, I'm not playing on all of them, no. I, I think f- maybe four or five of the songs I'm on. Okay. And how were they chosen, the songs? Who picked the music? Did you, Rich, did you, were you involved in that? I was not. And thing is that, uh, now getting back to you know Jesse for a moment, and that is, uh, are you, when you're working with Michael and with Clint on this whole production, what was your mm-hmm. specific goal? Were you the editor? Were you the... Um, uh, yes, I, I'm the uh, audio editor. So, you know, Michael and Clint have plenty of years and time and projects behind them for uh, all sorts of video editing. Uh, I actually graduated from uh, Columbia downtown uh, in 2021 and started at the church right before graduation. And so I had gotten some uh, experience editing, you know, student films and stuff uh, in school. And then right into this job, originally it was just live streaming uh, the masses during the the height of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And once this project came along, you know, they were just so happy that we had someone who had experience doing the editing for audio specifically. So, and I was psyched to, you know, right out of college, have a job where I was doing something in the industry that my degree was in, mm-hmm. you know, it's count your blessings for sure. Absolutely. Well, we'll g- we're going to take a little break. WNDZ 750 AM Catholic Chicago. Three one two two five five eight four zero eight. You can go to youtube.com slash Catholic Chicago. Maybe when we come back, you know, a lot of this project is about how we see faith in church using tools, contemporary tools. Maybe we talk a little bit about that, not only with our musical guests, but also with Father Rich in terms of how, how do you see as pastor this is an important journey that we're on. We'll be back in a few minutes. Please stay tuned. Caring adults make all the difference in the lives of adolescents. Catholic Charities understands this, and our mentorship programs provide a free opportunity for young adults to spend time with volunteers who genuinely care about them. This program is ideal for youth aged 9 through 12 who may need support navigating the challenges of childhood and early adolescence. Our amazing volunteers service friends who help youth recognize their strengths and empower them to reach their full potential. Catholic Charities conducts a thorough background check on every volunteer, and our program coordinator closely monitors and supports every relationship. Mentoring is a fun after-school program that can help young adults build confidence and enjoy fun activities with their peers, too. To learn more, visit catholiccharities.net 
or call 312-655-7970 in Cook County and 847-782-4224 in Lake County. We're connecting youth with great role models. Join us today. How can you spend your day with three-year-olds? Seeing the changes that they go through and just the journey and how they grow, this is a very rewarding job. Even though at the end of the day, we're not the highest paid people on earth. And when I have a parent contact me and say, my child loves school, that to me, I'm setting that foundation for their love of learning. Because really you are changing lives. You are molding lives. Shape the next generation of leaders, teach, Apply today at artchicago.org slash schooljobs. Community is core to Catholic Charities' founding mission. For more than 100 years, we have met people and families where they are, serving anyone in need, regardless of their faith, gender, race, or ethnicity. As our world absorbs the economic, political, and social aftershocks of the pandemic, 50% or more of the 6 million people living in Cook and Lake Counties have little or no savings. They are a paycheck away from zero. We are deeply grateful to everyone in the Catholic Charities community who partners with us to alleviate the suffering of the people we serve and offer them a better path forward. We are witnessing a message of mercy and hope to a world very much in need. Learn more at catholiccharities.net. WNDZ, 750 AM, Catholic Chicago, 312-255-8408. You go to YouTube.com. Maybe with so many generations of folks involved in this, maybe start with Father Rich. Um, how has this project impacted your ministry, your priesthood? You know, in a, in a very significant way, um, I didn't realize how, how much this project would really impact my, my love for St. Mary's, um, I've been in the parish about two and a half years now, and being part of this project just has kind of made me feel like I've been there 20 years, mm -hmm. um, learning all this amazing history and, and just seeing people come uh, together. Um, as we were commenting early, earlier, just how many wonderful young people have been part of this project. And... You know, giving their time and their talent and, and energy and then connecting with the older parishioners and seeing these kind of multi-generations coming together to celebrate uh, something so beautiful. And, and the windows, uh, to me, just reflect back um, the breadth and depth of, of the community of saints. You know, when I see all those mm -hmm. beautiful images of Mary and how that stained glass is, um, Father Greg comments, you know, the lighting just frequently changes throughout the day and through the seasons, and that light gets reflected on the priest, it gets reflected on the altar, it also gets reflected on the people. Mm -hmm. And and I feel like that stained glass is kind of this, this beautiful, um, moving, uh, alive uh, aspect of our church that focuses on the importance of of all of us. Mm -hmm. That's Beautiful. a great, great response. You know, uh, same question for Tony and Carrie and Jesse, beginning with Tony, though. Tony, you've been in that same area of the woods for years, so it's so easy to take those windows for granted because you see them so often. But how has this entire project, Tony, even somehow touched your life, your faith? Because I know you're a, you're a great man of faith. Well, you know, it's given me hope seeing that there's interest um, out there uh, with something having to do with the church. 
and then just the uh, you know the 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 beauty of the windows and again just as father was talking about the, the the way the light comes in that's what i've through the years admired always how the light comes in through those windows and uh, and cast beams you know into the church at different places at different times it, it's uh, beautiful and you know just but the, this whole project yes it's like it's bringing alive you know faith again and 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 i think it's bringing people together spiritually and and for me when i would would be playing you know the songs and knowing that we're the songs are representing each window and just thinking about the beauty in that window and the beauty of the song that was going with it i was touched as i was playing i was touched when i was asked to do this project yeah. I, I just thought what a beautiful beautiful uh, thing to do and then as i said as i was involved it was just um, a beautiful feeling I can't express more than that. Words can't really say how I feel mm -hmm. inside, but... Um, now, I, I do notice, Tony, over your right shoulder, for those that are watching on uh, live stream, you have Our Lady of Chestahova over your right shoulder. Um, am I correct? You are oh, over your, uh, or, or behind your right shoulder, there, that the beautiful <laughs> Mary there? Well, be, uh, yes. Yeah, yes, uh-huh. It's right there, so it's hard to miss there because I, I grew up with that in our own She's home. always there. Our Lady of Chestova. Uh, same question for you, Carrie, and that is, uh, what songs did you sing for this whole project? I recorded piano and flute for Hail Holy Queen, um, the for Lady of our Chestova, and Hail Mary Gentlewoman. And I actually had two of my previous students that are now in high school and college come back and sing for Hail Mary Gentlewoman, and it's just fulfilling to me to know that I am bringing kids that I have known for 10 years back in a church and making sure that they are still connecting with their faith. And along those same lines, the fact that you are the um, teacher in the grammar school for music for the children, the first time you walked into the church, I'm sure you were overwhelmed by the beauty of the windows. Yes. It was unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. The first time I, I was also on crutches after a surgery, so that oh, was also wow. helped me remember that same moment. Really, just to the first. You're fine the now, though. Everything's fine. You you dropped your yes, crutches, I'm yeah. Good. And that's a. How about for you, Jesse? Yeah, I think this was just a beautiful project to be a part of. You know, the the church had been there for me. I I used to work at St. John Brebeuf as well. I grew up going to. Uh, there for preschool through eighth grade um and so being able to be a part of a project to like sort of give something back to the church after all these years uh it felt really good uh to just be a part of uh definitely like a, a growing experience for me personally as well and uh like tony was saying like it's it's great to you know make something like this where uh it can engage younger people who might not you know, have much of a jumping off point the learning anything or, you know, people who have grown up in this parish wondering what all the different depictions of Mary are about, what the story is behind them. Uh, so I think it's a great thing to have to sort of bring members of the parish from all ages together. When you were at St. Uh, St. John Rebuff, was Father Mike Meany your pastor in grammar school? No, I actually was there well, uh, Father Tom May was pastor oh, sure. into high sure. school. He, in fact, he's he into high school. Father Meany was there. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Father, I mean, yeah, Father Tom May and I went to the same high school, but he's much really? younger. And that, uh, and of course, Father Mike Meany was ordained a year after me. Two wonderful priests. Uh, Mark, you have a question. I do. It's off topic, but it's for Carrie, being in the school with the little ones and having impact with music. Either is there any story you'd want to share or what I mean you're the music will change kids lives I mean they will so I'm just curious about your involvement in the school um, so I have two stories about that one directly with the windows we did the screening with uh, junior high six through eight and we watched um, the background of Max Ingrid the Our Lady of Lords and Our Lady of Knock and it was really interesting to me for the kids that have been to Our Lady of Knock and they sharing their experience of visiting that 
site mm. and making that connection with this is the window of Our Lady of Doc in our own home parish. Beautiful. And the second is with the little ones. Anyone can sing any song. It's just how you present it. So I, we, with the littlest ones, we learn the refrains of whatever songs we're singing at mass. And they might be only eight or nine words, but they can actively participate in mass because we are singing the greatest song ever. Our day of Lenten journey is what we're working on now, the refrain, because we're in Lent and how, um, and that is our closing song for multiple weeks uh, during our Wednesday masses. Beautiful. I think it's wonderful. And also then rich for a moment is when that parishioner said to you, one of one of your legacies will be leaving this a production behind, but which means you can go on YouTube, flip on any of these segments, and learn about the particular windows. But then the work it also gets me. All the people we've had on the on the t uh, program today, many are so youthful, and they're so energized and excited to have done this project, which really, you know, in a sense, fires me up. But somehow you've left a legacy for future generations because the windows are such a part of St. Mary of the Woods. Now, of course, I always say, meaning the people, you are the church, together we are the body of Christ. But the windows are just, I've had more people say to me when I, when I was there for the 18 years, they love the windows. It helped express their faith in a very quiet, peaceful way. Absolutely. Now, uh, now it's, it's a beautiful uh, rendition, the video, but have you thought about, do people, have people, because of the video, maybe asked to come and see the windows? And have you thought ever about maybe a tour of the windows as part of the life of the parish? That's an interesting idea. I have not uh, thought of that, but uh, I think that would be a, a great you know, thing to offer the larger community of the Archdiocese. Wouldn't it be great? Absolutely. I, mean, I think it would be wonderful. And then, but don't forget, Greg wants his picture in the lobby, so you start there, <laughs> and then you do the tour. In the gym. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it's, it's just, it's world-class art. Yeah, yeah. Right in the Edgebrook neighborhood, and it should be shared. It should exactly. be shared. You know, just in closing, if someone wants to learn more about the series, how can they... How can they watch it? Uh, can anybody? Can you tell anybody? Can tell us? Either a Jesse or Tony or Carrie or Father Rich. Anyways, if you, uh, you know, if you go to St. Mary of the Woods, what, what's your uh, um, website? I I believe it's uh, St. Mary of the Woods. Um, Dot com. Dot com. Yeah. Okay. I, I googled St. Mary of the Woods windows. Yeah. And it came oh, up. Okay. Yeah. So if you Google St. Mary of the Woods windows and folks watch production, so I want to thank in a very special way because we we're out of time. Father Richard Kubek, the outstanding pastor of St. Mary of the Woods, and also join us this last half hour. Jesse Healy, Carrie Elko, and Anthony Tony Kolokowski. Thank you for being on the program this morning. It's been fantastic. Yes, also thank special you. thanks to co-host. Mark Teresi, great work of our producer engineers, Clinton Cottrell and Michael May. To our listeners, may God bless all of you. Continued Lenten blessings. Amen. Amen. What Matt Ingrad created for St. Mary of the Woods were these floor-to-ceiling stained glass walls of forest. Yet scattered throughout these woods, are eight depictions of the Blessed Mother. Try to envision yourself in the prayer. Each version of Mary represents a different spiritual devotion practiced by Catholics for many centuries. And you notice she's also in red, which is very, very unusual for an image of Mary. We always know that most images of Mary have her in her blues. But here, to, str to stress the idea of the agony of our Lord, the symbol of sorrow, of pain, of, of suffering, uh, is very apropos. Because people weren't really praying the rosary in those days. What did God say? He sent his mother to help us, huh? He sent his mother to help us. <laughs>